Hey there, I'm Grant. And I'm Sarah. This is Unspoken Ag, where two farming friends are tackling the tough issues this generation of farmers is facing. This podcast will cover everything from intricate family challenges to what life looks like after farming and to why young farmers and ranchers are fed up. We are talking about all the stuff no one wants to or they really wish people did. You know, the stuff that keeps you up at night and guzzling coffee in the morning. We're here to let you know you aren't alone. This is Unspoken Egg. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Unspoken Egg. Uh, Tonight, it is just me, uh, my... uh, co-worker Grant, uh, co-host, he is on vacation, so we are going to let him enjoy his time. Uh, Him and his wife are testing out their new camper out to South Dakota, so we're going to let him enjoy his time traveling and his vacation, and um, you'll get to hear from me with this episode. Uh, Tonight, I am excited to bring a guest uh, to the show. Uh, We're going to be interviewing Matt Braun, um, about his farming experience, and uh, he's very, very involved in his community in a variety of aspects. So just, um, I think you guys all know from a pre- from previous podcasts how Grant and I have stressed how important it is to get involved, um, and Matt is definitely the star of being involved in things. Um, so uh, excited to have Matt on. So welcome to the show, Matt. Yeah, welcome, Matt. Yeah. yeah. Um, first off, I guess, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, I'm Matt. I'm a bachelor that lives over here by Denison, Northfield area. Uh, I grew up on, a, I think we had 15 or 1800 acres of sod up by Hampton Farmington, but we were stretched in Minnesota with sod fields and stuff. And that was back when the economy was rolling. I grew up there back in 2014. I parted ways from the farm and started off my own farming. Uh, I own some acreage myself, so I've been farming that, and I've been also taken in, I work full-time off the farm for a local John Deere dealership, Holland Equipment. Okay. Um, so when you kind of went off on your own and decided to make that leap into farming by yourself, uh, what was that like for you? And and maybe just tell us a little bit about kind of some of the, what that was like. I know for us, too, going off on your own can be scary, but also really it's- rewarding. It's, it's very rewarding, but it's very, when I was with the family farm, I'd farmed with two other siblings, my sister and my brother, love them to death. They're great working with the sod, but sometimes family just doesn't mesh. And I had a lot of sleepless nights, didn't want to go into work. It's like, what am I doing? And me and my dad finally had a little conversation. I said, yep, it's time. I don't want to, you know, change is never a bad thing. So I, uh, literally 2013 is when that fall, we I, we pretty much just called it good, and I got everything switched over. And then through the winter, I organized some stuff, and then I I was able to continue farming. And in the spring, I just went off my own. Luckily, I just farmed 70 acres, so it's not a big, it's not a small field, but not a big field, but it's it's 70 acres, so it's a good place to start, right? And I and I, I'm thankful because I had I have had a lot of great friends like. Jerry Demmer, when I first left the farm, I talked to Jerry Demmer. He's with the Minnesota Corn Growers. And I had ran into him at Minnesota Ag Expo when we were talking. And he's like, you know, he says, I've been there. He says, I farm with my family. Now I farm my own. He says, I, he said, if you need somebody to do custom work, I'm like, yeah, that would work. You know, so I, I just want to keep the thing going. But I said, I'm going to do beans. Nope. He said, that's fine. Whatever you tell us to put in the planner. 
and it works. So, and I just did that for three or four years until last year, until I found somebody else to do it. So, cause he was just kind of there switching to conventional. So, but yeah, and I just, it, I, now I'm getting much better at farming and learning, like learning the ways yeah, with farming, you got it's your farmland. You got to do it your way. It's nice to do it other people's way, but you also got to do it your way. If you make a mistake, you learn from it. Like I made a mistake this spring. I planted Roundup Ready soybeans, and I mentally I thought they were in for some reason I thought they were in list, and the whole field was killed off. Replant them right before the fourth. I was able to. It sucked, but it's just a mistake I make. So you just live and learn from your mistakes. So. Well, yeah, and we're all we're all better for that, right? I mean, yep. we can make mistakes and learn from them. I mean, that's what they're there for, and that's what that's what we all do uh, it. <laughs> and and like you guys are young farmers. I'm 42 years old. I've been around the block. I thankfully I have good friends to farm or to ask questions to to work with. To they they help they'll help you in situations. You know, I like off spin. Here, when, when the whole farm program changed, I didn't know what to do. I went over to Bruce Peterson. He's very good with Fargate Farms. And he's like, no, and he helped me talk me through them. You know, he said, not everything's right for each farm. But he said, this is one. And he told me it made it a lot more understanding. So That's awesome that you had, you know, people to help you out. And you have friends that will help. And, and I think that's one thing about the egg community is you yeah. ask questions. And, and they're willing to help. I, I love and, that about eggs. Yeah, and that's the one thing, I mean, I can't complain. You know Keith Schroeder, Mr. Big, he knows his soybeans, and Bruce knows, and you just, you learn from, these guys have been around the block. I'm still learning. I was, when I was farming with my family, I could never make my own decisions, because it was, well, the farm's going to do this, so we're going to do that. And it just, it just doesn't work. Because if you own a property, it's your responsibility, so that's, you know, that's just another reason off spin that I left the farm, so. Yeah, finally being able to make your own decisions for your farm is, yeah. it's it's very important as you oh, yeah. do those things. Oh, yeah. I oh, hear yeah. you there. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a tough road to hold working with family. It can be done, but it sometimes it's better off doing things your way. I mean, you know, because it's your farmland. You own it, so. Yeah, yeah, you know. agreed. But like with farming, you had asked about, uh, you had asked about, uh, as a starting farmer, well, in my personal opinion, I've been around the block. I mean, even I started back in 14 on my own, I've learned you got to start at the bottom. You got to start small. I mean, if you got the acres, yeah, go for it. But the best thing I think is, is start simple and keep it simple because agriculture is a roller coaster ride. We all know it. <laughs> the one minute it's big money corn and next minute there's no money. And it's just, it's that roller coaster. So you gotta be able to ride through the roller coaster in order to survive. Yeah, so I guess kind of along with that, you know, what advice might you have for somebody that is maybe going out on their own for the first time or is thinking about farming? Um, you know, what piece of advice might you share with them? Well, like, like I said, start small, get to know, the local farmers, if you're like, if, if you got any questions on stuff, ask the local, like guys that, like if you're part of the corn and soybean growers, ask them. There's a lot of these guys that have been around a long time. You can talk to them and they'll talk back because we all grow the same thing. We just have bigger ores than a lot of, you know, we're in the same ocean. We just have, some of us have big ores, some of us, we're all doing the same thing. 
but it's better off like knowing if you have questions, you can ask them. A lot of times, and I hope I'm explaining right, a lot of times you, if you're going into something, like if you never tried no-till before, find out, talk to people. That's the best thing to do, so. So I hope I'm not spinning off, I. <laughs> no, I, I think that's, you know, getting advice from other people and other, gathering as much information as you can and, and, and creating getting, those relationships, right? Yeah, and getting, and getting advice from older farmers, too. They rode out to 80s. We were not around in 80s. We were, those were tougher times, too. So you ask them, hey, how did it all go? I mean, because not everything is perfect, so. Yeah, I think it's sometimes as a younger farmer or just even beginning farmers, it's easy to see the guys that have been around a long time that have, you know, cut their teeth to get where they're at. Um, and then you're starting smaller with smaller equipment, but they've yeah. worked through a lot to get that's where they're thing. at, right? And there's a, that's the thing, you can't look at them and think, hey, I need a brand new tractor and a brand new planter and a brand new, it, you can't do that. That's what sucks about it. And I love social media. I'm on Facebook and Twitter. You see all these people with new equipment. There's a reason why they got new equipment because they built their way up. There's people that have small that just start making it work. I mean, you know, and that's, you, get, you can't expect to have all brand new equipment out there. You use it in the spring and fall. You don't, <laughs> you know, but somebody once told me, and it's true, the two most important things on a farm are a planter and a combine. The planter puts the crop in, the combine takes it out. Those are two most important things to have. Keep the maintenance up on them and they'll last you forever. Yeah, I, I like that piece of advice. I know yeah. when you talk about mistakes and things like that, Mark and I had bought a sprayer last year. Mark was not working full-time at that point in time, so it was easier for him to spray our own ground. But this year, it was a lot more difficult with him working full-time. So yeah. we made the decision, now we're going to sell our sprayer and go back to having that custom done. Custom done. rather have the combine, right? So you have to learn to weigh those things. And sometimes it, yeah. and sometimes in learning learning and sometimes too and see I am I, I'll admit it I'm a telephone farmer I I don't own a piece of equipment I own a disc that's the only thing I own I pretty much hire it done farmers always want custom work I found somebody that does plants it and combines it for me all I got to do is find out where the corn and soybeans are going to go and find out what fertilizer and what things to seed to put in and that's all I pretty much bring the seed down to them say here you go and they'll usually work with you. So it's, it's, that's where it's starting out. Sometimes it better not having, and having, keep your overhead low. That's probably the best. If you're starting out, yeah, if you want a tractor and a couple of things, yeah, go for it. But if you don't own anything, start out, just custom farming it. Find a guy that wants to farm it and custom run it. And as long as you bring the seed and you tell him what he wants done, it, it works. So, you yeah, know, and the price There's is, a will, there's a way. <laughs> yep. And then the price is, Iowa custom, I go off of every year, I just look under the Iowa custom farming rates. They have a census down there and that's how I go off a of price. So it's, it's not the, it's, I wish I could own my own equipment, but it's just not working right now. So yeah, no, that's super smart, I think. And it's, and it's super, it's, don't get me wrong, my, I'll be upfront. My land is owned free and clear. That's a plus side too. If you own land, that's land will never go bad. If you own some property, that's the best investment you could ever have on a farm. Mm -hmm. Is it's nice to rent it. Oh God, you can pay three, four hundred bucks rent. Yeah, but you still somebody's gonna steal it from you. You got it. if you own it, nobody's gonna take it from you. So Yeah. Yeah. You know, as, long, as long as you have, I mean, the, the work with a banker, 
and work with a banker. And if you know you own some property, say you got it free and clear, don't buy tractors or something. In my opinion, you go and take and find another piece of property and buy that property and use the, your first piece of land as collateral. My dad said, he said, that's the best thing you could ever do is keep and then when, when the next one's paid off, then keep rolling on it. He said, it works. And that's how my dad has acquired some acres to just keep buying it and then re, you know, getting paid off and moving to the next one. So. Yeah, that's good advice. I mean, it, it's, even though it won't work in everybody's farm, sometimes you just got to start small and work your way to the top. I don't want to go out and grab a lot of acres right now. I'm only 70 acres. I want to learn from my 70, but it'd be nice to find some more land. So I'm just kind of keeping my eye open. I'd like to rent, but it's not in the cards right now. So, oh, Good advice. Um, you had mentioned um, like the corn and soybean growers. Um, I know that you are very involved with a lot of different organizations um, like the corn and soybean growers. You're involved with um, a lot of your community events, as well as like your snowmobile club and things like that. Um, I know Grant and I have done a podcast episode in the past just about getting involved and why that's important. And, um, you know, he's on the fire department. I do a lot of stuff with Farm Bureau. Um, from your standpoint, why was it important for you to become involved with not only your agricultural organizations, but your community as well? Well, probably because I'm a bachelor and I like to talk. <laughs> you know me, Sarah. I like to talk. Uh, um, no, I just got involved. I, I started out, I lived down here by Denison, and my buddy said, hey, let's go be a member of Lions. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, so we went and we became a member of the Denison Lions, and it was a great thing just to meet people because it was pretty much all local farmers. They weren't members of organizations, but you're just local farmers. I met more people and started talking with them. And you just, oh yeah, how's it going? You know, you just meet and talk to people. And a lot of times those people become your good friends. You don't, you know, and so I, I actually, we started, there's, a, there's me and Brian Eggham and a few other people. We all got involved and we got this, because it, let's see, we started, we got a park built in Denison. We, we built the whole park from scratch. We got the money made for it. You know, we, we raised the money for it and had this park built, all brand new park equipment. And it was a great accomplishment and it's a good way to promote because it says, hey, local farmers and area businesses help build this. So, and it's just a good way to get out and talk to people and just know and just know the community and know, you know, so. And then I'm also a member of the, let's see, I'm on the corn and soybean growers, a local Dakota rice corn and soybean growers. I'm actually doing a promotion and just whatever they have me do because it's tough to find people. It's it's tough to find volunteer people, but I enjoy the people. I, Egg Expo is one of my favorite things to go to every year. It's just kind of one day, it's just to go down there and just see people. So, And then I'm also with the Waterford Warrior Snowmobile Club. I actually became the vice president of that. So, so and it's just... It, I think too, it just community members themselves might not even realize, you know, how many volunteer hours like yourself it takes to make these things happen. I know you guys kind of revived Denison days too. Yep. And, um, you know, without people like you that are willing to put in the time, um, you know, a lot of these things, you know, they wouldn't have a playground for their kids to play on. So Well, and that's the thing. With, with Denison days, we revamped that thing totally. We did a 360. Everybody was burnt out. So me and Dewey Eglin and Brian Eggum and a bunch of people all got together and said, okay. We sat down and we, we did a Denison Idol. We did a, we changed a bunch of stuff up and it brought new people into it. 
And I, I, I actually did a little kid's pedal pull. And it was a great turnout first year. I had like 90-some kids do a kid's pedal pull on a Friday night. I had it all paid for it. Everything rolled. And actually, egg helped pay for the, the – it was a lot of money. It was like 400-some bucks to have this thing brought in. So I had egg. They helped back it up. I had uh, Pioneer Seed and DeKalb came in. So, yep, we'll help. And we got it all organized. And it just – it was a new draw to town. And that's what you need is to keep you small town and things going is doing stuff like that, trying something new. You can't be afraid of change. Well, so. and even, even just, you know, trying to, you know, get everybody, all the people that contribute to make these things happen. Yeah. Like, like you said, they wouldn't have happened without, you know, the donations from area businesses and area seed dealerships and things yep. like that. And um, I think sometimes people don't always see kind of the intricacies of the back end of what it all takes to actually make it happen <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah so you know and and it does take money it takes money and volunteer oh, hours, God, yes. right? it takes people don't realize that it just it takes so many hours to organize this stuff sit at meetings get stuff figured out hash through the details it's not just hey let's have it and throw it together it takes deep you know it takes a lot of like when i built that park i didn't think it'd be that like big of a deal. I thought, oh, you just throw it together. Oh no, you got to jump through hoops and get a permit and do this. And, and you, you, it had to be safety conscious, you know, all the, the we had, we, we did wood chips and we had to, uh, all the, the swings had to be so far apart and all this stuff. I didn't know half it. I come from sod farm where it's like, you just, oh, it's just played on, you throw it together. Oh no, there's a lot more. You have to city ordinances and safety and this and that. So you got to look at that. You learn so much from it too. Yeah, I think, yeah, people don't always realize. They don't realize how much volunteer time it takes. Yep. 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 They, they don't realize it. They, it's a, it's, you don't realize what it takes to do this stuff. I mean, you know, another example, I did the cow milking competition. I did it for a few years and then I quit. And then I, then a guy that did the cow, he actually has this, uh, David Flemmy is a neighbor here and he had, milks like 60 cows. And he said, I want to do a cow milking contest again. Will you help me get it? I'm like, yeah, you know, whatever, I'll help you. So I, they, he actually takes and he does a cow milking. We had the local sheriffs come in. And they love doing this, a local cop and a local chef. They love doing it because it was something out of their element. And they just had so much fun doing it. And that's what keeps these small towns going is stuff like that. So, but yeah, we did this guy. And then he actually, at the end, the parade was right after this cow milking. He walked the cow in the parade. It was just the neatest thing for agriculture. It's just people would actually want to pet the cow, and it was just neat. It's a good, you know, so. That's awesome. So, um, so another thing, Matt, I know about you is that you are very active on social media, whether that's Twitter, Facebook, um, you know, all of the different uh, kind of social media channels. Why did you decide to kind of become active and, and what do you find that you think agriculture maybe gets from it or that you get from it? Well, how I got active in social media is Dan Erickson, I'll never forget this, it sticks off in my head. Dan Erickson from Minnesota Corn Growers said, hey, you know, you're, you know, you should get on Twitter and you should do Facebook. I'm like, well, I just like Facebook is more just, oh no, it's not bad. It pretty much just exploded from there. Once I got on Twitter, that's another thing for young farmers is Twitter. I've never had so much fun on egg Twitter. It's so much fun. The people and the, the you could talk like, like Facebook, it's more 
family driven, which is good, but Twitter's more egg and more business. And it's, it's, I, I've had so much fun and met so many great people through Twitter. It's unbelievable. I, I don't want to talk it off, but it's just Twitter is one of the ones I really enjoy. <laughs> so, but I just, I, being, social media has its pluses and minuses. But it's, it's sometimes the pluses outweigh the minuses on certain things with social media. But being involved with that, just taking pictures of the farm and promoting like that, that's a great way because you have non-AA friends that have never seen some of this stuff. And it doesn't matter if you're pork or sod or, or whatever. Just take pictures. People want to see them, you know, and do a video. It's just simple stuff like that. So. Yeah, I think um, you do a good job of uh, networking with people and, and connecting people on social media even. Um, I know for us personally, when we were um, at a Farm Bureau event, you actually used Twitter to connect our group with Ty Morgan. Ty Morgan, yep. And yeah, and that was really neat just having, you know, that happen via Twitter and then for us to be able to actually meet with her and kind of sit with her and chat with her um, and everything because of it. Yeah, looks um, like last year. Oh, there it is. <laughs> have you, like, any of the connections that you've made via social media? Have you gone and visited people? Oh, like, how, how, how I can tell you help? stories. I I actually met this last winter. No, was it last winter or the winter before? This on Twitter, there's Becky Boren, her name is. She runs a, 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 a what do you call it? A um, cotton factory, a cotton, what do you call it? Gin down in Texas. And she happened to be up, uh, she happened to be up in the cities for the basketball tournament. I'm like, well, I'm only 20 minutes from you. She goes, oh, let's meet at Culver's and Bloom. Okay, so we met, we talked for two hours because she wants to know about more about sod and I want to know more about, more about, uh, uh, the cotton, because it's just a, it's a different farming technique. I mean, I'm from Minnesota. I wouldn't know a thing about cotton. You know, the only thing I know is in jeans and stuff. So, <laughs> but then I met Doug Sathroff. I think he's going to, he's going to shoot me. I don't, I think that's how he says, because he's, he actually, he's on Twitter and Facebook, my Facebook friend, his name is Doug Sathroff. See, uh, I think that's how you say it. He's going to shoot me, but, but he's from, I met him last year or in 2018. It was 2018, 19. I went down and actually met him, and we toured the. He lives. He's only a half hour, 45 minutes from the Case IH, uh, a combine factory. We said talk, and he does. He's corn and soybeans down by Nebraska down there, and it was just fun to talk to him. He was a social media friend, and then we actually met last summer. We actually walked through the Husker Harvest Days, which I advised to go to. That's a great show. But and then I met this Quentin Conley down there, and I met so many great people through through social media, just agricultural wise. I mean, people like Ty Morgan, they know I go to crop days. Ty Morgan and Betsy Jimin, you, they'll stop and BS with you. They're just good hearted people. You know, they're media, but they're, they're normal. They're not, you know, <laughs> and they remember Machinery Pete, he's one. I would never thought I'd meet him. And I was at a soybean grower deal here. This is probably 10, 12 years ago. And he, I was pacing because I'm, got so nervous I had to speak in front of at the um at uh it was the uh, Linder Farm Network Egg Outlook meetings and I had to speak in front of their pacing like a I think I had a trail beaten into the part into the motel area where we were where the meeting was and he'd come walking up and talk to me and settle me down we talked about AW wrestling he's just he's just a great guy and it's just the people like that you wouldn't think you'd meet through normal to see that's where social media is really driven me to meet new people so I mean, I met you and your husband, Mark. I mean, you through the 
you know, you through soybean and Mark, you just meet these people and you start talking with them. You all got something in common. So. That's awesome. I think those relationships and, and widening your network to learning more about agriculture and there's so much to learn. And if people are willing to, you know, meet up or open their houses for a tour or their farm for a yeah. tour, I mean, that's awesome. And it's, and it's even helping too. Um, I just, before I got this interview, I was over helping the, uh, a lot of people remember the, uh, through FFA, there's a Jim Tracy uh, uh, scholarship. And he's actually, was a neighbor of mine and he passed away and he gave all of his land and everything to the FFA. They have a great scholarship. Well, Ed Terry, the local FFA advisor was cleaning it up. I took my skid loader over there with me and Mikey Peterson and Shane Peterson. We helped clean up a little bit this abandoned farm site right across here in my house. Literally, I could walk right over there. Sad. But you do stuff like that. You meet all these young kids in FFA and that's a great way to get out too and talk to these kids because a lot of them are not fully FFA or not fully FFA, but they don't do a lot with A. They're in different parts of you know, FFA. So it's good to talk with them and get to know the kids. I mean, they're just, cause they're the next generation up. So. That's, that's fantastic. I think more people, you know, I, people always kind of ask us too, like, well, how do you do it all? Well, you make time for the things that are, you know, important. Yeah. Yep. And, yep. Um, clearly, you know, being involved with your community and agriculture is very important to you. And um, I guess, how do you maybe like stress to people, you know, make, make time for it because it's going to pay tenfold. It's good. It's, I have a, my toughest thing in life is saying no to people. <laughs> I always end up volunteering my time. I like helping people. You got to actually in life, you got to actually care for people because we're all on the same planet. We're all on the same thing, but you just, you make time for it. I mean, yeah, you can't, you may have to leave early, but you still make time. Even, even just doing social media, you just make time for it. It all works out. Balance your life out. I mean, yeah, you got to do family first. Family will always be number one, but you could take and you can balance it all. You just, instead of maybe doing something one day, just go and help or promote or do something. You can make the time. There is time. You just, it's all about balance. Well, and I, I remember, you know, the, I think it was from Sesame Street or um, one of those shows where it was about, you always look for the helpers, right? Oh. During anything going on, you look for the helpers. And I think um, you clearly are one of those people in agriculture that is just willing to help, which I know from being part of organizations, we're always thankful for those that are, that are willing to step up because we need more volunteers and we need more people like you to do those things. So and, you know, thank you for being willing well, I, to do that. Yeah. And I appreciate you sent me that letter that made you or a card that said, hey, you're always, I appreciate that. It's little stuff like that. I don't need money. I just like the appreciation value in the long run because it's doing something. It's, it's helping somebody out. It's getting, it's probably the right reason why I'm a bachelor too. I got <laughs> burned too many times or whatever, but you just learn to you help people out. And it just makes the planet that much better. If you just a 10 minute, the lady went in a ditch here over the winter. We had a snowstorm. The lady went in a ditch. I took my skid loader and I pulled her out. She happened to meet a neighbor later. I met her three times, but you just do something like that. It's little stuff like that that makes it, you know, if you just be nice, it doesn't hurt any bit. I mean, yeah, you know, you could be a dick. Sorry if I swear a little bit, but it's like you got to be a decent person too. And I, you know, and volunteer in a group that's not hard you just balance everything out and get it figured out it's not yeah there's sometimes you can't go to a meeting but you try to make every one of them if you got nothing to do instead of sitting home watching tv go to a meeting 
Yeah, it's boring, but you learn people, you talk, or learn stuff, you talk to people, you get out, you enjoy it, you know? So, and with the virus, it's not been easy, but it's like, that's kind of get out, you know, just get out and talk to people. It's not, you know, it's not, you know, we can sit at home and be, be uh, what do you call, what's that word? Um, be a hermit, but that doesn't, it doesn't work. And you have to get out and talk to people. We are, everybody in life is social. You just got to get out and talk to them. I like that a lot. Um, well, on that note, we are getting close to our time for um, the episode. It goes by fast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's like a two-hour deal. I sound like, oh, this is... <laughs> I told you it would. People are always like, I can't talk for that long. I'm like, oh, you oh, just wait. I could talk for another. You, I've got so much stuff between drag racing and you could, if anybody wants to know about sod, I still love it. I'm always open to talk about it with turf grass. I mean, I was born and raised on one. They're welcome to message me on Facebook or Twitter. I, I, I just love promoting it. How I got involved. It's just, I, it's a, you know, I, I'm a talker. I like meeting new people and just getting out there and that's why it's 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 being but even yes it, if somebody wants to know i'll tell them i ain't gonna lie i like talking to people it's just who i am so i can talk for hours <laughs> even though sometimes i don't make any sense but it's still i i've got a pretty good head on my shoulders i struggle but yeah <laughs> matt if somebody wanted to follow you on twitter um what's your twitter handle for them to uh, my, my Twitter handle is Fast Grass Guy on Twitter. And then I'm just, if you look under Matt Braun on, uh, on Facebook, you can message me and whatever. I mean, if you got questions on just moving from a, getting to a new, you know, starting a new, like a new life away from your family farm. I've been down these roads. If you got any questions, I'll tell you straight out. I'm not going to lie to you. You have to. It's, it's sometimes it's better for the family if you split from the family farm. Not every farm is perfect. Not every, every family farm is perfect. I mean, we all know that. So, I mean, some of them do. Some of them can make it work. I got the Fargate farms. They do an awesome job. They can work as a family, but some just don't work. You have to, you know, you have to, like, which one am I for? You have to be able to, family is, will always be number one in life, no matter what. Family is one step above farming and everything else. Families make family number one in life. Well, Matt, I so appreciate you coming on tonight and chatting with me just kind of about your life and, and advice. I think you do so much for agriculture and so much for your communities that you're involved in. And, and I know, you know, going out on your own is never an easy it's choice. It was tough. It was tough, but it was well worth it in the long run. I think I've become a better person and a better family member and just a better, I'm happier in life. That's a good word. <laughs> That's, that is um, a theme that we have been kind of talking about a lot lately is just sometimes you make hard decisions so that hey, we can find a lot of joy in life. That was it. And it was the toughest decision I've ever had to make in life is leaving the family farm because you love it so much. But it had to be done. It makes Christmases and Easter's so much better. So, and you can't take everything so personally on life. That's, or, you know, with family business. It's, it's business. You have to separate business and family. So. Mm -hmm. Well, Matt, thank you. I appreciate yep. it. Um, and again, if you want to follow him on Twitter or, in, or on Facebook, 
He said it was Fastgrass Guy on, on Twitter and just search Matt Braun on Facebook. He will gladly get in touch with you. And, and, and if you don't have social media, uh, my email address is sodman1977 at yahoo.com. You're more than welcome to email me and I'll email you back. I usually check my email and I, you know, it's another way of communication. I don't mind. I'll tell you straight out. I don't lie. I'm a straight out person. So. <laughs> All right. Well, everybody, thank you for tuning in um, to this episode of Unspoken A. We appreciate it. Uh, please leave us any comments or questions that you might have. Um, you know, if you have suggestions for topics that we should cover um, or people we should interview, please let us know that as well. Um, again, uh, usually Grant signs off and he signs off as this was another episode of Unspoken Egg.